0: Welcome, everyone, to Couch Potato Diary, a Thursday episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show Diary at yahoo.com. Uh, coming up on the program today, we are looking at the baseball playoffs that continue. Get ready for a Calgary Flames game tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. We are looking at NFL Power Rankings. Plus... We have our NBA Difference Makers uh, as we continue our NBA previews. So, should be a lot of fun. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to the channel, uh, you can like the video, and you can share this one with your friends. If you are listening in podcast form, rate, review, subscribe wherever you are listening. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and thanks to all of you who tuned in um, yesterday on Sportsnet 960 The Fan as I joined Pat Steinberg for Flames Talk. That was a lot of fun. We're going to have more Flames Talk today, but first... We start with Major League Baseball. All right, so just as we said... The Houston Astros are far from done in the American League Championship Series. A uh, very professional performance against the Texas Rangers gets them within a game of their interstate rivals in the American League Championship Series with a victory in Game 3, making a 2-1 series lead for the, the, the Rangers. And this is where it's going to get a, a little bit dicey for, for Texas. Because Game 1, Montgomery, phenomenal. Game 2, Eovaldi, great. After that, mmm you get a little concerned as to to what is going on with this team um, on the pitching side of things. This is probably a little bit ahead of schedule for for the Rangers, and especially with Jake DeGrom dealing with an injury, right? Um, If DeGrom is there, then obviously everything stacks up really, really well. However... Um, because he is hurt, and Scherzer coming off of an injury, there's a bit of a hole there. So there's a bit of an opening for for the Astros coming into this one, and this is, it's just, it's such a tough lineup to get out, right? Like, just starting with Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, um, Abreu, and then the best hitter in baseball, maybe, in Jordan Alvarez. This is such a difficult team to put away for four games. So we'll see how the Rangers are are able to fare going into this one. We have a double head in baseball tonight. Um, at first, um, I think it's at three o'clock mountain, it is the Philadelphia Phillies looking to take a three-nothing series lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks. For Arizona, they have to hope that um a lot of what Philly did was able to build off of a home field advantage. But the problem for Arizona is that this is a homer-friendly ballpark, and the Phillies are a homer-friendly team. This Diamondbacks team has to get back to what they were doing uh, against the Dodgers Um, and part of that was they were just hitting it better in that series than they are now for this team to be successful now it's going to take a much better approach at the plate and they're going to have to have a strong pitching performance and again this is where we get into what the problem is for the Diamondbacks right now and that is this pitching staff once again, like like a lot of them, right? Like um, I'm wearing the, the Blue Jays hat today. They were able to go one through five through the, the through the season. Now look where it got them not playing in the playoffs, right? But um, this Arizona uh, pitching rotation does fall off of a cliff after the series or after the the first two pitchers in this series, and they didn't. I mean, they did fine. It was the bullpen that kind of got shit wrecked. So this is going to be a, a really interesting task now. For Arizona to try to get back on track for this. And for the Rangers, you really did see last night how things need to set up for them. Because outside of a couple of good arms in that bullpen, there's not a lot that they trust. So they need... Um, Heaney is getting the start tonight. They need Heaney to go 5-6 innings for them and have the lead so that they... They, they can go to the guys who they trust. Again, this isn't the Blue Jays who have that deep bullpen that they were fine going with in the fourth inning or whatever that was for uh, the Jays against the Twins. This is a team that needs their starter to go deep into the games. And I think Houston knows that as well. They're going to have a, a really great approach, I think, against Tini this evening. We will see how that chess matchup uh, sort of stacks out. So just a couple of quick thoughts in Major League Baseball. Now let's get ready for the Flames and the Sabres tonight. Alright, the Calgary Flames are 1-1-1 one, one, one going into this matchup with Buffalo tonight. It is a road tilt for the Flames. Uh, Devin Levi is getting the call in goal for Buffalo, while Dan Vlar, uh, Vladar sorry, makes his first start of the year for the Calgary Flames. Uh, a couple of things that I'm watching for in this one. The first is obviously Vladar, right? Like, I think Markstrom has been pretty strong so far, but I also think he's had to bail this Flames team out of a number of situations where the defense has been uh, suboptimal. we will say. Can Vladar do that? He bailed this team out a couple of times last season. Will he be able to this season? That is going to be a very interesting question for this team this uh, this season. Because it talked about it on Flamestock yesterday. This Pacific Division is going to be tight. You have to assume Edmonton figures it out. Um, Vegas is on a roll to start this season. Seattle, excellent. LA, Pretty good. Um, Vancouver improved, at least. So, there is tough test after tough test in the Pacific Division. The Flames can't be dropping points just because, ah, the backup's and we lost 5-3, to three. what are you gonna do? This team has to get quality starts out of Dan Vladar, and if they don't, um, they got a kid in the American Hockey League, dying. For this opportunity, so Vladar needs to be strong to to help the Flames kind of build on what momentum they have built so far this season. Because I think this team has played pretty well in the first three games of the year. It's funny the game they played the worst in was the one that they won against Winnipeg on on opening night. Now let's see what they can kind of build off of going forward here. Another thing I'm watching for tonight: um, Nazem Kadri. It felt like that line was a little bit snake bit in in the first few games of the series um, season. Sorry, specifically the the, the game yesterday or Monday, the game against Washington, uh, yeah, that was Monday, um, that felt like a team that just, or felt like a line that was so close on a few chances and just didn't quite get there, but it's been a little bit lifeless from Nazem Kadri so far this season. Tonight uh, against Buffalo, I am looking for Kadri to, to kind of be that guy who you notice all over the ice all night long, um, and just be that guy who is in, just in everything for the, the Flames. I, I think they really need that right now. This is going to be a team that, struggles to score goals this season. They cannot afford uh, Nazem Kadri to be quiet for 20, 30, 40 games. They, they need him to be a guy who is out there making a lot of noise and make this a three-line team that they're they're able to to kind of do that with. So th- there's just a couple of things that I'm watching for from a Flames perspective tonight, and also someone who has got a lot of conversations about him or had a long conversations about him over the last couple of days. It is Jonathan Huberto in that line. They have had some flashes in the offensive zone, Um but there, there has yet to be this, hey, th- this line is dangerous all night tonight. That They haven't had that this year. Can they step up and have those types of shifts in the offensive zone against a Buffalo team that has some of the best young defensemen in the National Hockey League? And they have one of the better forwards in the NHL, in Tage Thompson. This is a difficult, difficult test for the Flames tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. We'll see if they're up to the task. It is a 5 o'clock start programming note if um you are so inclined after that game is done i will be on game over calgary on the sdpn youtube channel and when that is done it is available in podcast form wherever you get this podcast or again like i said it's on youtube so wherever you're all watching this just go over to to sdpn like that video subscribe to that channel as well that is where that's going to be but it's going to be a big one i think tonight for the flames against buffalo um all right now let's get into nfl power rankings Power rankings coming out of week 6 in the National Football League. Uh we begin at the bottom with the Denver Broncos. It was another loss for Denver um uh, against Kansas City. It just it feels lifeless. Um at least the defense came up, but defenses tend to come up big on Thursday night football a lot. So, um I I just don't it's just bad, right? Like it's just it's really really bad in Denver right now. It's falling apart, quite frankly. So, um I wonder if they're going to be a team that's active at the trade deadline. Uh, A lot of talk around Jerry Judy being unhappy right now. Um, There there are a lot of teams that could use a high-level wide receiver like that. And I think Denver kind of just needs to start over. At 31, it is Carolina. They got off to a good start against Miami, so that's something. But this is a bad football team and they they don't have their first round pick next year so they have no incentive to be bad we will see what continues on with carolina at 30 it's arizona that this is one of those ones where it's not a long season in the nfl but 17 games does tend to expose things and as we're going on the boy they try hard doesn't it's just not working now for, for Arizona. that That is starting to, to fall apart and really come into to focus there. At 29, it's Chicago. They're probably going to be lower if Justin Fields is out for any length of time, but man, that game was right there for them against Minnesota all night long. Um, at 28, I have the New England Patriots. It, it continues to fall off of a cliff in New England. It's just so bad, and as I've said before, if it's any other guy other than Bill Belichick, he's getting fired. So, the the Patriots are in the bottom five this week. Once again, our bottom five, um, it goes New England, Chicago, Arizona, Carolina, and Denver. Um, at 27, the New York Giants, at least they hung with Buffalo, right? So, there's, there's something there, but no, this is a lost season with the Giants. I don't know if they're this bad, um, but I certainly didn't think they were that good coming off of a, a run to the postseason a year ago. At 26, it's Minnesota. They got a win over Chicago, but that's one where you would have... I've said it before really would like bad team or really would like you to treat bad teams like bad teams and they just didn't they simply did not so we we will see what minnesota is able to to put up here against um teams going forward at 25 the indianapolis colts they're probably without their starting quarterback anthony richardson for the rest of the season gardner Minshew. it's kind of falling off a little bit more and a little bit more so I wonder if the the Colts are really starting to to fade off into that dark night now at 24 the Green Bay Packers they were on a bye so not not a whole lot there but it really does seem like the optimism I had around this team about um the, the weapons stepping up and Jordan Love stepping up it's kind of falling off now a little bit uh I, that's the theme of this is is teams falling off but it's It feels like it's gonna fall off a cliff in Green Bay pretty quick. At 23, Atlanta would love for this offense to to finally show the promise that they they showed um, at times, but it's it's rough out in Atlanta right now. At 22, we have the Vegas Raiders. Um, This is a team that I still don't think is very good, but somehow they sit at 500, which is kind of this next little chunk here. Um, Vegas and the Jets who are just ahead of them. Now, the Jets, you you can actually see it, because they have, what's that word, talent on on this team. The Raiders don't. I continue to be befuddled by how they they win. They're not using their best offensive player. Their best defensive player is just an absolute game wrecker in Max Crosby, and maybe that's the the way that they are doing this, but this is absolutely a team right now that should not be where they are at, and I I don't know, like, they're, they're not beating great teams, um the the wins this year like the, it's a win against Denver it's a win against the the, the Patriots like that there's the, there isn't a whole lot there resume wise to get really excited about this team but some crazy how there they sit at three and. Three. Uh, same with the Jets. Like I said, at least they have a bunch of talent, right? Like you can see how they do it. Brees Hall, um, Garrett Wilson um, on the defense. It's everybody that that defense is playing really, really well. So, and the coaches, the coaches the coach got them going. Um, so it's, it's a good year for, for the Jets. And now there's talk that Rogers could come back for the back quarter of the season. That would be insane. It kind of feels like it's just holding this team hostage so they don't go out and get another guy, but that's, that's just me being hypercritical of Aaron Rodgers. you got to ask questions, right? Um, coming in at number 20, it's the New Orleans Saints. They have a game coming up tonight on Thursday Night Football against Jacksonville. The defense is very good, but this offense, it is almost comical it's so bad. that There's no way this offense should be this much of an issue this season. Um, with Derek Carr, with Olave, they have Kamara back. It's just that there is is nothing to this offense at all, and while this division is going to continue to stay up for grabs, this is a team that a lot of people thought would run away and hide with it, and that is just simply not the case with New Orleans. At 19, it is the Washington Commanders. I don't have a lot to say. I don't think they played all that well against Atlanta, and they still won, so... Good on you. Coming in at 18, it's Houston. Uh, Again, the the offense didn't have a a banner day, but they did enough to beat um, a New Orleans offense that, like we said, struggled a little bit. So... They just keep finding ways to win, which you really, really like as a, a team that is looking for a, a little bit more success and a, a little bit of uh, some bright spots again without their their first round pick. So th- this is this has been a good foundation year for the Houston Texans. At seventeen, it's the Titans. It kind of feels like it's over, doesn't it? Like it's they they can't move the ball through the air. It feels like it. It's time to just let Will Levis do his thing and just see what they have because um, it's. It's really bad. In Tennessee offensively. The defense is fine, but offensively, that this team just cannot do anything right now. They're the definition of stuck in the mud. At 16, it's the Rams. It's a good win. It's not a breakaway win or anything like that. But th- this offense continues to show it's much more in sync and it's much more effective than a lot of people thought. They're probably going to be a playoff team in the NFC this year. At 15, it's Pittsburgh. They were on a bye. 14, it's Seattle. That's a tough loss against the, the Bengals. Like that was right there for them all game, and they just refused to take it. Um at 13, Tampa Bay. That was a humbling loss against Detroit. I still think that this Bucks team is going to go over the win total of six and a half, and I still think they have a really good shot of winning that division for us this year. 12, it's Cincinnati. It's a it, it's a win, but it's an ugly win, But and this is a, a spot where they are probably more on reputation than what we've actually seen on the football field. 11, it's the Chargers. I really should drop them more, just saying that. they, They do not feel like a team that is on the cusp of a top 10 spot, but this is more looking at what they should be than what they have been. At 10, it is Baltimore. It's a fine win against Tennessee, but it's not one that you're going to write home about. Um, at 9, Cleveland. That is a gigantic win for the Browns against the 49ers without your starting quarterback. To go out and, and do that in that spot, monumental win for them. So um, th- this is a team that's for real, and I, I was slow to it. We will see how for real they are when their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Piece of shit, Deshaun Watson, comes back. Um, Jacksonville came back to North America with a bang, with a big win. They're in at eight, at seven. Detroit with another statement win against Tampa Bay. I'm still not putting them in that top tier yet. They are right smack dab in the middle of that second tier. Um, It's just, I need to see them beat a for real team again, you know, it's, it, it seems unfair, but I, I do. I just do before I'm taking them 100% seriously. At six, it's Dallas. It's a good win against the Chargers to get back on track. Five, it is the Buffalo Bills. Um, not an overly impressive win against the Giants. That probably should have been a loss, so they don't move up for me. At four and three, San Francisco and Philadelphia both have their O's go this week, but still a couple of teams that can now um, kind of learn from this bill off of it and move on. I, I don't think that there is anything actionable to take from those losses, other than, yeah, they had a bad week. Um, At two, it's Miami, a big come-from-behind win against Carolina, and at number one, they seem to be a little bit boring, but they still have the best player on the planet. It is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are your NFL Power Rankings coming off of week six. Now, let's continue our NBA previews, looking at difference makers around the NBA. Alright, the NBA preview continues, looking at each team's difference makers this season. Um, we will start, uh, just going in alphabetical order here, we will start with Atlanta, they have the one, it is Trey Young. I'm going to, th- this is a big year for for Trey Young, for my opinion of him, so I'm sure he's taking that into consideration greatly, but th- this needs to be kind of an elevated year for, for Young and for Atlanta, otherwise it's just going to be a dude who can shoot well on a team that's fine. Um, at... Uh, for Boston it is Jason Tatum and Drew Holiday um, Tatum with one of the like absolutely reputationally transformative performances in the postseason in that game what was it game 7 against Boston um, where he had the the 51 points and just put the the 76ers away like that that's that is an all-timer game they did not follow it up with a strong performance uh, against the, the Miami Heat, but Jason Tatum is still that dude. And I think Holiday defensively is that guy. Offensively, it's not there, but I think his defense is enough that he is a difference maker that probably makes Boston a favor right now in the Eastern Conference. Uh, for Brooklyn, it's Mikael Bridges. He is the the apple of many teams' eyes when you look at making a, a big blockbuster type of a deal. Um, but he has... like he, he is the type of guy who he goes to... A team, and like it, it really moves the needle. What he's been able to do in Brooklyn has really been quite something. Um, for Charlotte, it is still a mellow ball. If he can stay healthy, I I do think that he is someone who can change the fortunes of a team. Um, in Chicago, I still think DeMar DeRozan is that guy. Offensively, DeMar DeRozan is that guy. You put him on a contending team, and, like, if you ship him to a a potential contender, he is going to greatly improve the offense of that team. Um, and if, if it weren't for him, I think Chicago would really bottom out, which leads to a whole nother conversation. Cleveland, I think they have two. Darius Garland at point guard and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell came in and just completely changed the identity of this team. And Garland at the guard spot is someone who I think can also really just, it's, it seems pretty obvious given that what this segment is, but he can really be a difference maker on on Cleveland and really shifts what that team can do. I I have um, Mobley as an honorable mention. I just need to see it a little bit more and probably a little bit more in the playoffs as well, although you could say that for all of Cleveland. Um, Dallas, I have only one. It's Luka. He changes the entire outlook of a franchise. He is a, a one of the elite players in the NBA. I do not have Kyrie. I think he could be a difference maker, but for the wrong reasons. Um, for Denver, I have two. Nikola Jokic, he is the best player in the world right now. So yeah, you get that spot. And Jamal Murray, you look at the difference he made from this team without him when he was banged up to with him, healthy, being a championship team. It's pretty clear what the difference was. Uh, Detroit, this will be quick. None. Cade Cunningham could be, but he hasn't been healthy enough. Um, And they just don't have anyone. So I think it's going to be a bad year in Detroit. Golden State has five. Chris Paul, I still think, is a difference maker with how he can lead an offense and what he can do on the floor. Steph Curry, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, I have Andrew Wiggins. When he is on, he really shifts the dynamic. And when he is going, he turns this Golden State team into one of the better teams in the league. I still think Klay is a difference maker because you have to pay attention to his shooting. And if it, it the, the main definition for me of a difference maker is if this guy moved to another team, does that move their needle? And I, I think it does significantly for a lot of teams. And Draymond is the best defensive player in the league. So I have to give him a nod in this spot. Houston, it's one, it's Fred Van Vliet, um, I think Fred is a culture changer in Houston, and like, you are seeing it now, he is going to go from Toronto to a team that basically had nothing, and there are people talking about Houston maybe making a playoff push this year. Now, part of that is the growth and development of some of the young players, but Fred Van Vliet is the one who I think makes a difference there, in Houston. Indiana, uh, Indiana, sorry, uh, I'm still in football mode. Indiana, I do have Tyrese Halliburton, as a difference maker. I I think if he wasn't in Indiana, the Pacers would be like an eight win team. Like this would be a really bad team. And you put him on a contender and he is automatically in the rotation, making a difference at both ends of the floor. So I think Halliburton is 100% that dude, the Clippers it's PG and Kawhi like it. Still, when they're healthy, this is a team that threatens for a championship every single year. The Lakers, it's two of them, it's LeBron and it's AD. LeBron in year 21, it's amazing what he is able to do. He just took over a series uh, against Memphis and when AD is on, he is still one of the dominant players in this league. Um for Memphis, I have only one, it's John ja Morant. Um like, the the electricity that he brings to this team offensively. Now, they were still good without him a couple of years ago, but last year they were a 500 team without him. We will see the difference that is made when he is out for the first 25 games of this season because of a suspension. Miami has two. Jimmy Butler, maybe the ultimate difference maker in the NBA culture setter, is Jimmy Butler. Bam bio, just changes everything you can do defensively and really is just all around one of the best players in the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks have three. Giannis, I think that one's pretty clear. Uh, Damian Lillard has automatically upgraded this offense and uh, made them one of the uh, elite teams in the NBA. Not that they weren't, but just makes this go from an offense that it's kind of middle of the pack to, oh, this could be one of the best offenses in the league. And I have Chris Middleton as a difference maker. You see the difference that was made when he is banged up and not on this team compared to, to where they were when he was on this team it's championship and it's not that's the difference chris middleton can make uh new orleans has two brandon ingram he has turned into that guy and zion williamson if he's healthy this is a team that competes for first place in the west in the the regular season that's how much of a difference maker he is so he still makes this list for me the knicks have three jalen brunson you just see the difference he made there last year when when he showed up Everything changed. He has been a difference maker with the Knicks. Julius Randle, when he is on, um, maybe this is looking too much into the, the term of this, but when he is on, he is someone who is a dynamic offensive presence. And when he's off, this team's barely a playoff team. And I have Mitch Robinson in here. He made the difference in that series against Cleveland. Um, His rebounding ability and his work in the interior shifted that entire series in the Knicks' favor. So I'm putting Mitchell Robinson in as a a difference maker for the Knicks. OKC has two. Honorable mention to Chet Holmgren, we just haven't seen it, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a top 10 player in this league and has turned the fortunes of Oklahoma City around. And I think power forward Jalen Williams, I have to make the designation because they have two dudes named Jalen Williams, but I think power forward Jalen Williams turn the, turns this team and what he's been able to do so far has turned this team into young up and coming, oh man, they're scrappy too. Oh, this is a play in and probably this year a playoff team. That's what he has been able to do and the difference he's made with o- Oklahoma City. Uh, Franz Wagner is the only difference maker out in Orlando, but he has really shifted it, and he has been the guy who has turned it from this is a young team to this is a team that's going to be knocking on the door for a play-in spot this year. Philadelphia has two, no, not that guy. Uh, Joel Embiid is the league MVP. He just Almost any other situation, he'd have a title by now. Uh, and I think Tyrese Maxey is a difference maker. He is now the number two, I think, in Philadelphia. Um, both ends of the floor. I-, I like what he is able to do in the energy that he provides. Elevates this team and would do the same on any other team. The Phoenix Suns have two, Devin Booker and uh, Kevin Durant. I don't have Bradley Beal on this list. I think if he was that much of a difference maker, Washington would have been better. And their over-under would be worse coming into this season. Um, Portland, I do think DeAndre Ayton's a difference maker. You look at when he was on and engaged with Phoenix, that was a team that went to a title. He can still be that guy. That guy is still in there. And when he is on, he changes the entire dynamic on the floor. And in this NBA, he's almost unstoppable. Honorable mention to to Scoot Henderson, we think he's going to be that guy. We just haven't seen it yet. Uh, Sacramento has two, De'Aaron Fox, you saw the difference that was made when he was healthy in that Western Conference playoff series against Golden State compared to when he wasn't healthy. Um, and Demonis Sabonis changed everything in, in Sacramento and, and, elevated that team into a playoff spot. San Antonio, it's Victor Wembanyama. We, we haven't seen him play yet. So th- th- if I'm putting Victor on here, maybe I should be able to put Scoot, but there's just, there's so much hype around this kid, um, that I just, I had to put him on there. Otherwise this team has none. Toronto, uh, Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. Siakam is just consistently one of the the top 10-15 players in the league. And Scotty Barnes... This one is projecting a little bit. It's more going off of uh, year one to year two. If he can be that year one guy again, this Raptor team's a playoff team. If uh, not, or if he's off of this team, then this is a team that's competing for a lottery spot out in Toronto. Uh, Utah, you see the difference Laurie Markkinen made to everything that the Jazz are doing. He is absolutely the difference maker for me. Washington doesn't have any. Uh, Kyle Kuzma gets an honorable mention for me there. So those are your difference makers across the the NBA. Now, let's get into the final segment of the show, it's today's ticket. All right, four games on today's ticket. We will start uh, with the early baseball game. The Philadelphia Phillies minus a run and a half against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think the Phillies again have the pitching edge in this matchup. This is a Homer-friendly ballpark, and the Phillies are just on some kind of roll. I think they pushed Arizona to the brink of elimination in game three this afternoon. Uh, We will stick with baseball. I like the pitching matchup for Texas with Heaney going up against your your Keady. I think I'm saying that wrong. Um, but I, I think Heaney is just a, a little bit better. Not enough to go minus a run and a half. We're just going to go money line with the Rangers at minus 111. Uh, into the world of the NFL, Jacksonville is an underdog in this game. I think Jacksonville is a significantly better team against New Orleans. Even on the road, even with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence a little bit banged up, I think Jacksonville can get the job done. I like the Jags as a road underdog straight up, plus 115. And the Vegas Golden Knights to win straight up over the Winnipeg Jets, minus one. 12 uh Vegas off to a hot start this season Winnipeg has kind of stumbled out of the gate that they've yet to be impressive they have uh, an injury to their top line so it it just feels like the the bad time for the Jets to be taking on the defending Stanley Cup champions so that is today's ticket and that is today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, I was on Sportsnet 960 The Fan yesterday on Flames Talk. You can check out that podcast wherever you get this one, um, or check it out on Sportsnet.ca/960. Um, you can find me on social media: Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv/PrimetimePK, and you can email this show Couch Potato Diary at yahoo.com coming up tomorrow it is a fights in football friday massive preview for the nfl and a massive fight card coming up in the ufc we will preview that and break it all down um, that is coming up plus the end of an era in boxing with showtime boxing Um, coming to a close we'll have a little bit on the Calgary Flames as well plus our NBA previews will continue the previews will continue into the weekend as well so stay tuned for that Um, as always, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can in podcast form, subscribe, like and share the video, leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube and I will talk to you all again tomorrow